0: I'm Jenny Thomas. And I'm her friend, Ellie David. We decided to create a podcast that embodies what you would talk about with your closest friends.
1: So sit back and relax and put your headphones in.
0: Because you're listening to the Honestly Unfiltered Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Honestly Unfiltered Podcast. Ellie, how are you? Good. Good. Um
0: Yeah. Good. We've already done one podcast today, so we're really, uh, we're really doubling down. Especially since that one was pretty draining on me. No, it was draining. Yeah, it was draining. I agree with that. Maybe that's part of what I'm feeling right now. I don't know. Maybe. But it was good. It was just mm-hmm. it was. It was a lot. Yeah, it's new subject matter. Yes, that we're going to bring. To the masses. Mm -hmm. Not new subject matter altogether, but something we haven't covered. We haven't
1: talked much about. The paranormal world. I just, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not sure. I'm glad that I know what she told us, but I'm not sure that I would rather unknow it. (laughs) Well, I don't want to say
0: too much, obviously, because we want to
1: yeah. post
0: it, but, um,
1: that'll, just, you know,
0: yeah, I, I just, I want people to know why we're even, you know, talking about it at all. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where this, for me, especially, you know, has brought a lot of comfort when it comes to my grief and, um, especially grief and it's just kind of, it's, it's nice to think that there is proof of, you know, something else, the, the afterlife. Yeah. Um, and to know that our loved ones are never that far away, you know, mm. um, which I've always believed, but to actually get some proof of that through certain avenues and paranormal investigating mediums, you know, et cetera, is very comforting.
1: Yeah, I agree. Totally. Totally. And this month we are we are dealing with grief a lot this month with our guests. Uh, next Saturday we have on Rebecca Johnson. Her podcast is called Love is Not Dead, Just My Husband. And she talks about her journey as a widow. She lost her husband about five years ago. And how she felt like she was... St- she was supposed to widow a certain way, but she figured it out in her own way. So I'm right. looking forward to that. That'll be that will hit the podcast um the last weekend in February. And then the paranormal episode with Lauren Moss of the In Between podcast will be next Saturday, the I think it's the twenty first that it'll go. Okay exciting or actually Sunday rather sorry there's Sundays we put them up We put them up, I put them up late Sunday early Monday mm-hmm. so those will go up in the next two weeks exciting stuff exciting stuff happening here at the Un- the unfiltered podcast <laughs> never a dull moment no a dull moment and <laughs> sad news speaking of paranormal we all know about the untimely death of Lisa Marie Presley very yeah. sad. It's That one's shaking me pretty well. Kind of like you and Twitch, this one's got me like that. Yeah. I listen to her music a lot. Like, I will tell you, I listen to Taylor Swift a lot. Uh, she's probably right in there in the top three that I listen really? to. Yeah. So I listen to it a lot. So I relate to a lot of it. And um, if you haven't listened to her music... And if you like, say, Pink's music, it's very similar. It's very, it's very true to, it's very, um like, like she wrote all the songs, she wrote everything herself. So okay. it's very true to life, you know, talking about life, you know, relationships, it's everything, parents, so children. So it's, um, I listened mostly, her first album was To Whom It May Concern in 2003. Her second one was after her divorce from Nicolas Cage in 2005 called Now What? They were both excellent. But, I mean, I think Lisa Marie, I saw her, and I saw her live. You know, why it took me to see her in 2000? Well, it had to be three, because I, you know, Ashton was born in 2004, so it was probably when she was touring the first album. You know, she. I mean, she was a phenomenal singer. I mean, her voice, it was just amazing. And she had such... A tragic life. I mean tragic but good. I mean, she lost her father at nine years old. That like defined her in a sense for a long time until she railed against it. A couple of years, losing her son to suicide was I think a real I mean, I know I've I've read a lot of things that was a very crushing blow to her. And I don't think she ever recovered, honestly. Yeah i i did read you know there's been a lot of speculation as to her death i did read that they found no there were not any drugs in the house so i mean mm-hmm. toxicology still has to come back but that's usually that's what i'm wondering about yeah. but if there weren't any drugs in the house then you know that's a pretty good indicator that she wasn't taking anything, and it was heart related because she was having stomach problems, complaining of stomach pain. And I've listened to a couple of people speak on it and they say, you know, with women, it, a heart attack will present in the like form of a stomach ache of stomach. Yeah, it can be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did also listen to somebody that said, uh, Elvis's grandparents were first cousins.
0: I have heard that before. Elvis was a real country bumpkin people. I well, mean, yeah. he was, he was, but I have heard something like
1: that before. So when, so that's why we're not allowed to marry that close, the gene pool, the, there's an A1C gene. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That, maybe not, there's some sort of gene there that causes a heart defect. And they said that that's, you know, his mother died in her forties of a heart attack. He died at forty-two. She was fifty-four.
0: Well, Elvis, though, he was doing drugs. He was, I know, it but he was.
1: He, he was also very overweight,
0: and he, yeah, his diet like,
1: was horrible.
0: He really, he, 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 he was kind of like a Michael Jackson in yeah, the sense much. that he was really surrounded by the worst people dr nikki and the colonel Mm -hmm. yep and he you know was such a trusting guy that i think he was more of like the unintentional Mm -hmm. not a lot of people are unintentional addicts but he was given so much (laughs) you know i mean i'm sure the damage to his heart was long time coming really um But, yeah, and being overweight and stuff. But, yeah, then if you have a gene in place, on top of that, I mean, we all do things to our bodies that we should not do. I mean, we eat the wrong things or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, if you're already genetically disposed, certainly.
1: Yeah. I mean, she did live 10 years longer than her grandmother and her father. So I don't know whether that takes into, you know, play that she lived a cleaner lifestyle because she did drugs in her teenage years from my knowledge not any since. i honestly she's not really on my radar
0: if i'm being honest i don't know much the main thing that i know about her other than being elvis's daughter is that she married michael jackson <laughs> and that was weird as shit that's i mean but i'm being honest that's yeah. like really you know i remember that happening i, do too. I remember the I video that they did the together and we were all like what the fuck how did he get
1: her he manipulated her he manipulated her well that's the thing i'm
0: seeing now is i wasn't really aware of what was happening at the time but listening i think you sent me the the oprah interview Mm -hmm. with her and her mother and yeah i was like holy shit michael like pulled
1: some shit did you and she was she that the oprah interview was a lot sooner than the diane sawyer interview i did I which, which she said yeah, a lot more which in the diane sawyer in the oprah one her mother did a lot of the talking yeah she, she, did, she right. didn't she didn't want to really say anything and i don't know if the diane sawyer one was after he passed away but she looked
0: older in the diane sawyer i one. think
1: it might have and been she so was, she was felt like she could speak freely
0: yeah, and she was way more embarrassed, mm-hmm. like, you know, regretful about the whole thing. You're right, because in the Oprah interview, you could tell she was like... It was like being a... pulled out. It was being pulled out of her. But mom was the one that was like, yeah, that was bullshit. Would
1: your mom say, there's helicopters over the house, and they're saying you might have married Michael Jackson. And she was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. Not, a- not again. <laughs>
0: He's uh, not <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't I've never listened to her music. I have heard her sing, but I've never I was never into her music. Um and I you know, I'm sure that was very challenging if she had a desire to be a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure that's been just awful. I mean, you're Elvis's daughter. It's like you you would think that it would play into like a nepotism thing where, oh, my dad was Elvis, so I'll automatically be this superstar, but that wasn't the case. Mm-mm her might have worked against her i don't know
1: her first album um did hit the top five made the top billboard top five and went gold so yeah yeah, so i'm sure it it maybe it was curiosity at that point you know people buying it and you you gotta remember it back then there was no itunes this was all you had to go actually buy it Mm -hmm. and um she was asked once in an interview if she read If she felt some sort of way, I guess, about pressure, you know, being Elvis's daughter and you did, you know, did she ever wish, you know, pursuing a music career, she didn't have to live up to that. And her response was, I'm, you know, I'm happy. I wouldn't want to be anybody else's daughter. And it didn't doesn't affect me basically like i I put it out there to put it out there and like she was her own person she was like this is what i did and if you don't like it too bad
0: it's not like she needed it to make money no or support herself Mm -mm, so that's good that she had that kind of like look whatever i can kind of do whatever i want and this is
1: my passion and you know either it makes it or it doesn't you know yeah and the thing of it is is she actually you know because i i look at a musician okay now, as great as Tim McGraw is a singer, he doesn't write any of his music. I and mean, basically right. the record label, Hands and Music, says here, sing it. Which is, you still a voice, is a talent. But of for someone like Taylor Swift, Lisa Marie Presley, that writes the music, sings it, and then Lisa Marie, like Taylor Swift, she also co-wrote the melodies. So she mm-hmm. had a hand in all of it, not just the words, and somebody else put it to music, like you know, Elton John did with his, you know, his Bernie, what's his name, would write the the music, and Elton John would write the, you know, the melody, and mm-hmm. but she did it all. I mean, that's well, Elton is John comment. is in that category too. Yeah, I think I'm he is. Well, Bernie, sure. Bernie wrote all the muse, all the words, and yes. but Elton John wrote the 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 actual set it to the music.
0: He yeah, they the, you were know, they were that. They were a
1: duo, so.
0: But yeah, I agree. It separates. Yeah. It separates you from the herd. You know, in my opinion, I've always felt that way too. And if you play instruments, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I always gave Justin Bieber a lot of credit because of his talent with instruments and, and dance. And, you know, he wasn't just a one trick pony, you know, and there's a lot of people, if we really think about it, that we could go down the list. Of course, Taylor Swift is like, you know, yeah. My God. But <laughs> she's not the only one. There's many, many, many.
1: Well, um I always tell Ashton, you know, he a lot of time you know, he went through this phase where he didn't want to play guitar, he just wanted to sing. And I said, Listen, I said, the greats, they do it all. They sing and they play the guitar. Not just sing a on one. You need to do both. Yeah. And he, if you can. Yeah, if you can, he he can. He could play more than one. I'm I'm sorry that he had such a crappy Piano teacher when he was in middle school and swore him off of it because I really would have liked him to learn that. But he might,
0: maybe either. one day, yeah. Once he gets off that, you know, yeah. the, it's over that burn, whatever it was. Well, let me tell you, I, the person I do think the most about in this situation, right, or feels sad mm. for is Priscilla. I mean,
1: her children too, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like she's lost her, you know, obviously Elvis, that was, you know, it was still tragic for her. And mm-hmm. then her grandson, mm-hmm. you know, and now her daughter. And
1: that's her only child. You know what? Right? I did some digging because I thought she had, she has a son also. Does she? Yeah. Her son was born in the 80s. 84 he's like 40 something
0: I, I, like, I like never heard of this person <laughs> it was from her again they're not uh, on my radar I know so. it
1: was I looked it up it and it was from her second marriage I forget what his name the husband's name was he's foreign um and well, foreign for us for the people that live listening overseas he's he was from I want to say Latin America and okay. her son is a musician as well handsome kid and I think he there's like a nineteen year age difference between he and Lisa Marie, but they were close they were they were close as well they were okay. they were a close knit family, and her twin girls with Michael Lockwood are fourteen. That's gonna be a custody fight, and her daughter, Riley, who is an actress, you know she was she's been in a lot of things I think she was in twilight as well.
0: her really? daughter,
1: yeah, yeah she, you would recognize her if you saw her um her daughter. But she's been in quite a bit of the, you know, movies that your kids would like. But, yeah, no, I feel so, you know, Priscilla to lose your daughter and then these kids that are going to be. Yeah. And. Lisa Marie, she divorced Michael Lockwood because basically she caught him with child porn. Oh God. Yeah, it was bad. Like at one point, Priscilla. So it's isn't it? Uh, I think so yeah. <laughs> at one point like yeah, at one point Priscilla had custody of these custody of these girls. Now from what I understand, they have sh- Well, Lisa- how would he have a chance at custody? I don't know. Been- they were embroiled broiled embroiled, they were embroiled in a custody suit. And the way it is now, he has Priscilla has um, Lisa Marie had 60% and he had 40%. The girls are 14, so when it comes to it, they'll be able to say who they want to live with. But um, it looks like either Riley or Priscilla is going to come after custody. And he already announced, he already leaked it, that he's not giving up custody and they're not getting his girls. So I think it's going to be a fight. But, of course, he probably wants the girls because it controls the money. Well, yeah. Part of it.
0: Well, but again, if he's been, so he was never convicted of
1: anything with the child porn? guess not no it was just maybe
0: she just accused and
1: i don't know nothing I, came I, of it. It, I remember when it was happening it was pretty damning that's why priscilla had custody well there are a lot of accusations being thrown around i don't remember the, the crux of it sounds but.
0: messy <sighs> hollywood <sighs> well listen it's tragic yeah it's always tragic especially when someone leaves so soon mm-hmm was what 54 54 you know and i i hope that we don't find out that it for her family's sake yeah, i hope that yeah. it it wasn't anything salacious not that it would be salacious but you know, know it's like drugs or whatever there was i did hear talking about the golden globes um but there was talk about her behavior at the golden globes Slurring and different things, so unsteady. I, I'm like, was she drunk? Maybe. I mean, you're at an award show, you know. Maybe she just had a few drinks or something, you know. I, or maybe they're just—I don't know.
1: I saw a video of her. On it was taken last Sunday, the eighth, which was Elvis's birthday, and she—it would have been his eighty-eighth birthday—and she was at Graceland for the part, you know, the celebration and. I saw a video of her signing autographs and meeting fans and her face just looked stoic. It looked it appeared to me like someone who was either in serious grief, very unhappy, or on a lot of Xanax. Mm. Granted, you know, I I can't say, I don't know. So, I mean, and if it was Xanax alone, that wouldn't have caused what happened. So, it's not a,
0: unless she liked took a lot.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it,
0: a lot of anything can yeah. cause your heart to stop.
1: Especially, I mean, her, she was living with her ex-husband, Danny, the first husband. I guess after, from what I'm read, reading, after her son killed himself in her house, she sold it. And yeah. she moved in with, you know, her and Danny remained friends all these years, which I think is wonderful. And... He took the girls to school, came back. This is what happened. So, I don't think there was much downtime. Like, there was a whole lot of time there. Like, that he was gone, and the housekeeper found her, and he did CPR. You know, they said she had been complaining of stomach pains earlier in the morning.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter, really. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When I hear these things, and in- people will like almost discount Mm -hmm. the tragedy if there is drugs. And it's like, um, that's even more tragic in my opinion, because this person was obviously struggling Mm -hmm. and, you know, sick with this disease of addiction, whatever that was. And it ultimately took their life. That's horrific, you know, but it does a lot of times I feel like it discounts,
1: you know, the, Look at Anne Heche. Look at, look at what it did to Anne Heche. She had, yeah. over all of that, was looming that she was on drugs. She looked high on cocaine. She was this. She was that. There was a bottle of vodka in the car. All of this, everybody, it, you know, the whole world, you know, she had fentanyl on her system. Yeah, from the fucking emergency room. And all of these things. And it comes out, she didn't have any alcohol or drugs in her system that would have caused a crash. Any drugs that were in the system were given in the emergency room. So, and it was a small, yes, it was her family posted it. Heather, her podcast, her best friend, podcast partner, she posted it. But it really didn't make headlines. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really. So how many people out there still think Anne Hayes crashed into a car and burned uh, because she was high on cocaine and drunk?
0: Yeah. So it's just- well, but like we're uh learning a lot more about mm-hmm. with the book with Harry's book spare, that's not what sells no it's not newspapers that not that's not what gets you clicks Mm-mm. online no. you know no. and i'm I'm not innocent, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, there's plenty of times that something like that would grab my attention, like the the drugs and alcohol and salacious stuff, you know, yeah, so, of course. I mean, whatever. But, yeah, you're right. Well, I'm sure we'll be getting a report soon, mm-hmm. I-, I would imagine. Yeah, I would about imagine. what really happened. Yeah.
1: If it's if it was a heart-related issue, we should know in the next week or so. Yeah. By the time the autopsy comes back, and then she'll be laid to rest at Graceland next to her son and father. Hmm. It's so sad. It is sad. Anyway, on that note, uh let's see what we got going on Spare Part 2. Well, it's part 2 for us. Uh, let's just say that. It's part it's 2 our part. It's two. our it's not part 2 in the book. It's our part 2 what we you know what we're up to. What where where we are with it. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> we might have part 45 by the time we get through this book. <laughs> I know, right? It's I will say like the audio
0: book it it was a little confusing as far as the part one, part two, part, part three, and the chapters within each and blah, 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 blah. I caught on a little late. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a minute. But, um, and I'm a lot farther ahead than you, I think, mm-hmm. you know, right now. But I want to say that part two of the book did focus quite a bit on the, just the beginnings of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're quite there yet, but you're close. You're really close um something you wanted to talk about was the the uh I cannot even make out a word the excerpt that he was talking about um how many people he killed during
1: the war Mm -hmm. in Iraq yeah a lot a lot has been made about that right and uh, you said that it wasn't even that big a deal in the book I, I swear,
0: I, I'm afraid I'll sound stupid or something, but I don't remember it being that big a deal. The only thing I remember is a reporter. So they were trying really hard to keep him away from the press. It was very important that the press didn't know where he was yeah. because it could be leaked. And he was like target, you know, oh, yeah. persona non grata. Like they, <laughs> he, it, it was a big that part of it was dangerous for him but it was dangerous for his platoon anybody that you know the other soldiers around him so they took it very seriously but at one point he did do an interview i believe it was the british press but i could be wrong about that but um they were asking you know all sorts of questions and then he asked had he killed anyone and he said yes and the reporter seemed very surprised and harry was in his head like what do you think's going on here? Right. <laughs> we're, we're at war. That's what I remember. I don't remember when he actually talked about And Maybe it was during that interview that he mentioned how many or something, but if, if he did, it didn't jump out at me, which right. means to me, I think they're taking something small and kind of twisting it around a little bit. Like they've done, you know, a few times now we've discovered. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, again, I'm with you. I need the hard copy so I can be like going back. Cause it's weird when you go to Google, I don't know if you've tried this. Um, whenever you go to Google, like uh, anything about the book, like specifically I cannot find shit. Like, I can't, yeah, like I can't find what I'm looking for. Like, what did he say? Excerpts or anything like that. I'll see a few like headlines here and there, but I'm like, this is so weird. I can't find it. So I couldn't find it.
1: Yeah. I need, I haven't bought the actual book yet. And I was going to buy it last night. And then I overspent a little bit, so I put it back and was like, "Sorry, Harry, I'll get you next time." And cuz I really wanted to have it to to reference for us. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Um I don't know. What were we saying
0: about the just the killing 25 people.
1: You know, <laughs> You know, we talked about this earlier and we decided we weren't going to talk about it. What I had said, so (laughs) we're just going to just move by past it. (laughs) Well, I do
0: think it's important to at least I mean, I had no problem with him talking about his experience.
1: Well, you know, Chris Kyle was. What the deadliest sniper in American history Mm -hmm. and everyone knows his kill his kill count. I mean, a movie was written written about the guy, and made yeah. it about the guy because from the book he wrote about it. So, um, I feel like they're making it sound like he was boasting. Why was? Yeah, and I don't think, and I don't think he was. No. Um, you know, that's all I'm gonna say on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I it this
1: again. This was not on my radar.
0: Yeah. in the book, really, you know, so it wasn't something that I cared a lot about.
1: Well, you know, I, I think that he was at war and. I, I, it's not like he, you know, a life's a life, yes. Um, an eye for an eye, uh, I don't know. But well, but this is
0: why these people end up, these soldiers end up with PTSD. Yeah, it is. This isn't, it doesn't matter why you're doing it Mm-mm. and that that's your duty to do it.
1: It's not in your You nature. then have
0: to live with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he is a person that has PTSD or has talked about it. I will say what I thought was, more interesting was him talking about um, William finally coming on, coming up through the ranks of the military, mm-hmm. and then Harry was actually ahead of him yes. in rank. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first time in their entire lives. it was the first time in their entire lives, where Harry outranked William. The spare outranked the heir. And they talked about that, and I thought that was interesting.
1: Now was that during that interview that's floating around where they, William was like acting all badass and like oh, it's okay, well because I'm in the Royal Air Force and he's just in the Army and we outrank them anyway type deal. It must
0: be or or maybe it was just when he first. I have no idea. I'd have to again go back to reference to to get the specifics again, but I just know that it was kind of like a ha moment. Yeah, for Harry. Um, and I want to say that William didn't handle that well. No. From what I, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and before that, you know, before the military, when they were in school together, William very much did not want Harry to acknowledge him. Mm -mm. He, He didn't want, he basically told him, I don't exist while you're here. You don't exist. Like, which I don't have a huge problem with in the sense that. Some of that's just normal, like. Yeah, sibling. Older, younger sibling. Yeah, like, you know, leave me alone. I want my space. I want, you know. And when push came to shove, I felt like they were there for each other, you know, if they needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, As they got older. Yeah. But, yeah, um, they were forced. It sounded, the way the book made it sound was that in the military, they were forced to be close. They, in close proximity. I think they lived together. Yeah, that's what I think. So I wonder if that helped the relationship, hurt the relationship at the time. I don't know.
1: Of course, William didn't really see any kind of heavy-duty battle, you know? No. mm No. I think by the time he had even gotten on board,
0: that conflict had slowed and they they were pulling back, mm-hmm. especially England, the UK.
1: Yeah. You know, this is why I have such a problem with, With Harry not being allowed to wear his military uniform? Mm -hmm. Because, yes, a lot of the royals will wear a military uniform because those are honorary titles and they haven't served. Or, you know, so, or they're wearing, you know, and then, of course, there's all these different branches. So for whatever, you know, there's the black military uniform, which is what Harry wore when he got married. Mm -hmm. which apparently William wanted to, that's what William wanted to wear, the black. And the queen said, no, I want you in the red. So that's why he wore the red. And then of course they have, there's the blue Air Force one, that Royal Air Force one that you saw William in at his grandmother's funeral. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's several, obviously there were several different uniforms throughout the queen's funeral process. Well, okay, well, William only served in one branch; he didn't serve in the other branches. So, yeah. yeah, those are honorary. Harry actually served in the military, and I know, well, Prince William he actually served in the Royal Air Force. So, I'm not taking that away from him. And, and Prince Charles he served in the Navy. Mm-hmm. But so, okay, yeah, Harry, you take away the honorary titles. Okay, so he can't wear the other uniforms. He should still be allowed to. Wear the uniform for which he served, and carry those honors because he he by all rights he earned those. Well, especially
0: my, going to battle,
1: yeah, exactly. He fought on the front lines. Mm-hmm. no no other royals have done that, I believe. I mean, especially well, in our generation, this generation. No, yeah, but
0: that's the thing. It's like they don't play by the norm society rules. Mm-hmm. It's the weird royal rules that you know decorum that they have to follow that you know it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world you know it's like like do the right thing the right thing would be that and Mm -hmm. that's not how they see it (laughs) you know it's like this is this is the problem you know the at the core of it this Mm -hmm. is the problem i think yeah you know and at the end of the day harry went along to get along for all these years just to please his family and keep everybody happy and when it finally threatened the one thing in his life that would bring him happiness which was his wife he said that's it mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not giving i'm not sacrificing anything else for these fucking weird weird rules yeah that I mean, don't serve, certainly don't serve him at all.
1: No, he's not. He has no shot in hell of being king, nor does he probably want to. No. So why does he have to? Especially if he's not, if he's not taking the money, then he shouldn't have to stay a part of that family. And and, and by mean, what I mean, a part of family is a working royal. I mean, well, as, yeah. as much as Charles wants to scale back the monarchy he should be happy that Harry stepped away because from what I understand, he didn't want to pay for, in the beginning, he didn't even want to pay for Megan's security. And he wanted her, he, in the beginning, it was like, well, she'll keep working as an actress so she can pay her own way, basically. And no, yeah. (laughs) And the real reason it came about is because the kids weren't going to have security until they became the grandchildren of the monarch. you know, And so, yeah, no, you may not want your kids to have titles, but you want them to have security because a grandchild of the monarch is a target for God knows what in this world, more so than in back in the old days.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, the fact that they would do that is heart wrenching, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, it's abusive, you know, it's like, you know, either toe the line or literally we'll let your life be hell at stake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I I would like to talk a little bit about too that how much Harry gushes over Kate in the book. Mm-hmm. Have you reached that yet? No. So he loves Kate mm-hmm. and definitely just couldn't have been happier that that was who his brother married ended up with. Yeah. And it sounded like they had a really special relationship and it also sounded like Kate really helped bridge the gap with Harry and William. I think she was that first kind of female energy to come in after Diana that not the first female, but you know, cause they had nannies yeah. that they gushed over and stuff that, that were significant to them, but yes, they, she was definitely just a new energy that came in that, you know, his brother was happy. He, he just loved seeing that. He thought she was just great. Like he, he talked about how funny she was, how much fun they all had together. Um, you know, like it seemed like things, he definitely developed a better relationship with Kate than he had with William. Yeah. But it, it was, there was this like, it seems like there was this little window that things were pretty peaceful
1: mm-hmm. and
0: everybody was kind of, you know, Kate and William got married. They started having kids. Um, but he said that he noticed once they started having kids, especially, but even after the marriage, there wasn't so much of the trio anymore. They had started to pull away before Megan ever was in the picture. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember one line where he said something along the lines of, he had like envisioned, you know, them ringing him up and inviting him to dinner and he could go to the house and play uncle with the kids and da da, da. And then he said, but that never happened. Mm. So it was like the, the separation started happening. And I think it was because of the Royal protocol. Yeah. Just, but, you know, how they, they wanted them to look in the, the press or whatever.
1: Well, I I remember a long time ago when their offices separated and everyone said it was bad blood and, oh, they're fighting. And yes, they were. And yes, it was being fed to the press. But one someone in Britain said, look, this is the natural progression. William's on a different course than Harry. He's going to be the monarch one day their offices at some point have to separate. They have to go their own way. And now that Harry's married, it makes total sense. Granted, we know why they separated as quickly mm-hmm. as they did. So um that you know it's a lot of And they talk of their... about
0: that. Yeah. He talks about that. When the offices separated, what surprised him, it sounds like, wasn't so much that it happened, but it was that it wasn't even discussed. So what that was William who did it. Well I don't think he really specifies, but okay. no one discussed it with Harry. Okay. It just happened. Okay. I was like, here you go. This is happening now. See, so like,
1: see the press play, played it out to make it like Harry and Meghan separated.
0: Yeah. According to Harry, yeah. he said no. He didn't, he had no heads up. He had no conversations with anyone, even the Queen. Right. No one ever even addressed it. It just,
1: just happened.
0: happened. Yeah. And... And I want to say that, see, as I'm talking, like things will pop into my head. So I hope I'm not saying that wrong, but maybe there had been a discussion at some point about, but I'm thinking maybe it's just like where they lived. I don't know. A lot of it's running together. Ooh, <laughs> so, yeah, it sound, know, I'm yeah. like, uh, am I thinking about another part? But I'm pretty sure I just finished hearing that part of this whole thing. Cause that was like, she was pregnant. Mm, Um, i remember megan megan was pregnant when this happened and so it wasn't long before she gave birth which that's kind of where i'm at um but yeah i don't know i mean after they had william and kate had children it just seemed that they started to drift and i don't think it was really anybody like one person's fault i still think it was the the people working in the offices Mm -hmm. for them you know and I, but again silence is being complicit i mean william wasn't reaching out to him or talking to him about you know what i mean so yeah i don't you know, it's, don't
1: know. it's sad that someone that these employees in the offices can have so much control over what's going on but you know yeah ultimately the, the responsibility falls on prince william i mean he should know what's going on in his offices they're, allowing, they're, the they're allowing the power they're allowing the, th- them to take it in that direction and and Harry's always been the one they throw under the bus. I mean, I'm reading now. Yesterday, I was up to the part where they came to his school and accused him. We talked about this last week. Accused him of doing drugs, and they ran the story anyway because Camilla's spin doctor suggested that would put her in a better light. It's up to then. It was the part where um, Marco came to him again at school and said that they had pictures of him doing cocaine and they he denied it but he really had done it at a party and it it didn't go anywhere but for years you know Camilla served him up as his, his spin doctor it's just how do you do that like what mother like well she's not his mother but what father does that to his son that has like that woman, you were you ruined his parents' marriage. She died. She orphaned the kids. Harry was just a little boy. And he wasn't he wasn't groomed like William to be an adult at such a young age. And yeah. he was still allowed to be a little bit of a kid for a longer until this point. And then you're gonna come in and be Corella de and feed your steps future steps on to the press so that your your boyfriend at the time looks like father of the year managing his son's drug habit and that that they even took a picture of him outside the rehab that he was doing tree charity at and said that he was in rehab
0: yeah and it continues listen as you keep reading it continues
1: i can see why i'd be i would have left long before And she played, that
0: was part of what was happening with Megan mm-hmm. as well. It was Charles's office and Camilla's office quite often that was feeding the press certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, so it it never stopped, you know? And yeah. in fact, I just went through a part where it was, it was okay. So we're again, I'm in part three, So this is after everything is so volatile, but there's a, there's a scene where he describes it happening to William. Really? Yeah. Happening to William and it hasn't said it doesn't say, and I don't know if it will, but essentially it was something that they were saying that Charles and Camilla William was furious about something that they had fed to the press And he was saying, I can't let this happen anymore. I'm not going to let them keep doing this to me. Yeah. But he did not feel the same way about what was happening to Harry and Meghan. Mm -mm. When it happened to him, he was very upset. Mm -hmm. When it happened to
1: them. Not so much. Not so much. Well, yeah. And I think it was because there was a lot of, you know, I think there was a lot of, you know, I almost wonder if for a time prince william believed what camilla was feeding to the press and this narrative because he was fighting with harry about it saying she was difficult and she was so on and so forth Mm -hmm. when she really wasn't so and then the queen probably didn't know what to believe so because she's so protected that they wouldn't let harry near her and she's just hearing what her staff is feeding her it's like it's almost like William and the queen they were all snowed about you know what was really happening which was nothing because Camilla is starting all this these rumors and that fucking bitch I'm sorry that fucking (laughs) homewrecker whatever well her and Charles whatever with both of them I hope they throw tomatoes at her on the day of the coronation
0: Honestly, I'm just like, she I think they're both queen. weak as hell. Yeah. I'm like, I don't look at Charles as king like I did Elizabeth. No. It's weak. It's it's not the same thing, Mm-mm. you know? And I wonder how long it, it will last. You know, it's like, you need to man up, dude. And like, the whole, you know, the whole bridesmaid dresses thing. Mm-hmm. That they say, Harry says in the book, that William agreed with him. That that must have been Camilla that Mm -hmm. leaked that story. Right. Because when they went away for their honeymoon, Harry and Megan, they got back. All this shit was out in the tabloids and they were talking about it. And Harry was or William was like, oh, and he admitted that they had mentioned something, that he had mentioned something in front of Charles and Camilla, Mm. that there had been a rift, like a problem. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. But it's not, listen, I, again, it's not just Camilla. Right. They're all doing it, all the, all their offices. And I don't think any of them trust each other. You know, it's like, I think part of what these people do that are working for them, they make sure that they keep them at a distance of each other too, where Mm -hmm. they don't know what to
1: believe. Right. You know, of course, that's that's part of the game. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just, I don't understand why, and i know a lot of it had to do with prince andrew and they didn't want what because i think i truly believe we knew the the press here was running more on it than they were in england because of the of harry and meghan being served up like that was occupying front page rather than prince andrew well andrew yeah. i don't think, feel like calling i don't think he deserves the respect of being called prince andrew but I agree. but so He gets bailed out by Charles. Charles manipulates the Queen to Queen Elizabeth to make his wife Queen Consort. So ultimately, she, the fucking bitch, gets what she wants. It's just bullshit. I mean, yeah. You know, I know that Andrew was the Queen's favorite, she had a soft spot for him, but come on. Well,.
0: I, I still, even with this book, with everything, I mean, it's just amazing to me that more people aren't talking about Andrew. It's like, uh, it, if the, if you need any other proof to what Harry is trying to convince everyone mm-hmm. is really happening, there's your proof. Right. How is it that they can come up with these crazy headlines mm-hmm. about Harry and Meghan especially, but about all of them really, but they have nothing to say about andrew right that's that's a deal that's made
1: and he's allowed to walk the with the family at christmas i mean yeah that's a deal that's made in the back
0: room somewhere Mm -hmm. with the press and it's exactly what harry's saying is happening Mm -hmm. i I don't know how much more proof you
1: need (laughs) yeah i mean personally but no i mean that guy whatever you know, I think, but you know, he actually did something that was unfathomable. And he's being, you know, he, he got bailed out, but... A few Pri- somethings. Yes, yeah, <laughs> a few somethings. Yeah, oh, God knows yeah. what else that we don't know that he did. And Prince Harry, the war hero, is getting thrown under the bus with his wife that everybody that's ever worked with her has sworn that she's the nicest person ever. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, you really don't hear anything bad about Megan from Mm-mm. anyone that actually knows her or worked with her. And a lot of these people, they don't have a relationship with her. It's not like they're friends, but they know who she is. They've worked with her on sets or different things. I mean, there's just nothing bad coming You would
1: think from any real sources. And you would think by now, with all the time that's passed, someone would come out and say... Yeah. Yeah, she was a fucking bitch, and she was hard to work she with. Was to she, work was with. she was difficult. She was this. She was that. No one has, and yeah. it's. I think it would have probably came out around the time that their Netflix series came out. I agree. So, yeah, I just, it's uh, you know, so many, so many people on the internet have come forward and said my husband has worked worked with her as on, the, as a crew member, not as an actor, mm-hmm. as a crew member, because we all know. That the crew members get shit on by a lot of these a- big actors and oh, actresses, yeah. and you know, if the crew says you're good, you're good.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only person to say anything bad about her was her weird ass sister, that's never even oh. been around her barely at all in her life, and who gave up a <laughs> she's
1: lying. Yeah, and who gave up a child to her grand gave her child to her her parents to raise, and who's crazy, and who keeps pulling this narrative and you
0: know you know it's only yeah her only motives are to get some kind of you know 15 minutes of fame
1: i often you know, wonder if she i often wonder if she's if she's being paid by someone inside the royal family to say all these things like i read that that, might, that somebody thought that was the case that that someone behind the scenes orchestrated the whole deal with Thomas Merkel and the pictures and the press and the sister so that Megan would look bad and Harry wouldn't marry her. Well, listen, the press
0: snuffed them out, Mm -hmm. but were, were they aided? Sure. Maybe. I mean, but I don't think it was a family member. If I'm being honest, I think it would have been someone inside their offices. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's what these motherfuckers do. Yeah, they do. They do the dirty work. Oh yeah, so that everybody can say their hands are clean, mm-hmm. but really they're not. No, you know, because they know they're doing the dirty work. Right. They—that's what they're there for—is to constantly beef up each one of their images. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, is it plausible? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a, listen. As long as they're speaking, like her father isn't saying much anymore, right? Or is he?
1: No, he's not. Uh, he, so I think that's he, when you know the money ran out. Because oh yeah, because he stopped talking. Yeah, I so think if... that. Yeah, and I think that the sister probably was offered a deal to come out and st- st- talk talk some more smack. You know when after the Netflix, you know series dropped. Oh yeah, and it doesn't take it doesn't take a whole
0: lot to twist her arm. No, so not. I mean, I'm sure that's what's going on. Yeah. I can't stop yawning.) <laughs> I haven't slept very good in the last couple of days, so I, I think it's just catching up to me. I'm praying, dear God, please, tonight let it be a good, good night.
1: Yeah, I gotta go I gotta go back to work tomorrow, which sucks. Oh Yeah, it just is what it is, you know you got
0: it you got it i'm off tomorrow but then i work wednesday thursday friday so
1: a couple more weeks and i'll be off for a couple weeks for surgery so that well at least you'll
0: get some time off silver lining yeah
1: (laughs) Mm. well yeah we'll see it's gonna be okay yeah i know All right. Well, on that note, you're yawning. This is our second podcast today. So I'm a little (laughs) exhausted. I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. No. Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, if you're on it, we're there too. Uh, if you go to our website, honestlyunfilteredpodcast.com, it'll link to you to everywhere we are. On that note, have a good week, everybody. Bye.